Last week, we worked on really seeing modes through the lens of understanding keys or our understanding of keys. In this episode, we are going to continue that on. This is part two on modes. We're going to specifically dive into a more practical knowledge of modes and how to actually utilize them in our songs or how to think through how to utilize them in our songs. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always. You know who I am, right? Ha! I bet you were like, oh, he's going to say the thing again, and I didn't. Unless you're new here, then you're like, wow, that was a really weird introduction. My name is Joseph Vidala. Honored that you would take some time out of your day to talk songwriting with me. It's not lost on me. We all only have so much time for, you know, X amount of TV shows to watch or you know, X amount of YouTube channels to subscribe to and actually watch. Uh, and same with podcasts. And the fact that I made the cut, it's an honor. I appreciate that. Hopefully we'll learn something together today and it'll be totally worth it. If you haven't already, again, be sure to grab my free guide on the four different pillars of music theory that I really think every songwriter definitely needs to know. This is really based on the 80-20 rule. I would argue these. this is actually like the the 5% of music theory you need to understand for 90% of the results. Maybe that's, maybe it really is 80-20, but um, it feels like even more to me. These are the real big four to understand. So be sure to grab that, songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide if you haven't already. But probably if you're listening to this, it's because you already listened to part one. You already got the guide. Hopefully you got that a long time ago or you've heard me talk about those subjects so much over the course of however long you've been listening to the podcast that you already knew them, or you already knew them before you even came to the podcast, in which case. Cool. So again, in case it's not clear, this is a part two. So if you haven't listened to part one, I highly, highly, highly encourage you to stop listening to this now. Go listen to episode one first, not episode one, part one, episode one. Go back to my first podcast. Um, no. Just listen to part one before giving this a listen because we're going to be talking somewhat in context of what we talked about last time. So we want to make sure that we have last week's episode's understanding before really talking about what we're talking about today. We're starting to make it a little bit more practical and talk about, okay, we understand one perspective on modes now. Let's add to our perspectives and then figure out generally how to use them. Now, just as a warning beforehand. Yes, we're going to touch on how to actually use them, but we're not going to go super deep into you can use them this way and this way and this way and this because really it's kind of one general way to look at it. We'll talk about a couple examples, um, but it's not it's, it's not like a, a, here's three different things. Like, no, no, no. There's one principle and when you understand the principle and go apply it, that's how to utilize modes. So, last week, we talked about how we have major keys and the relative minor key, as well as all modes, are built off of all the major key, right? So there's seven different notes in any major or minor key, but we'll stick with major key. There's seven notes. So in C major, you have C, D, E, F, G, A, B, no sharps or flats, seven. And 
The major is built on the one of that. C major. Cool. Obvious. And then the relative minor is built off of the six. A. A minor. And then we talked about how the modes are the ones built off of all the other different scale degrees. But how are modes actually usually used? Most often they're used for something called modal mixture, not necessarily utilizing a mode for an entire song. So based on what we talked about last time, you could know that F Lydian has all the same notes as C major. So if you understand C major is no sharps or flats, and then you know that F Lydian has a certain sound, which is brighter than uh, major generally, and you understand, okay, so I just treat F as the root instead of C, but I basically play in C major otherwise, note-wise, that's well and good, right? You could write a whole song in F Lydian, absolutely. <clears throat> but more commonly, we're utilizing modes for modal mixture rather than simply having an entire song that is in E Phrygian or an entire song that is in F Lydian. So what's modal mixture? Well, you could say it's approximately the same or similar to borrowed chords, which we've talked about here recently. I think we talked about modal mixture a bit a while back as well. But both basically involve having a single chord or passage or maybe even section that borrows notes from a parallel mode or key. So a borrowed chord, the reason why it's called borrowed, we'll take the easiest example of all. Let's say we're in C major. So in C major, we would normally have a C major chord, obvious enough. But in our song that's in C major, which would normally naturally only have a C major chord, there's no C minor chord in C major, there's just a C major chord. But we could borrow for maybe a passage or maybe for a single chord in the entire song we could borrow a C minor chord to use in our C major song, which would be borrowed from, well, C minor instead of C major. And that's the basic idea of what a borrowed chord is. Modal mixture is essentially that, but a little more generic in that a borrowed chord is usually a reference to, well, a single chord that you're borrowing. Now, you could have a series of borrowed chords, but again, a borrowed chord just refers to one chord. Modal mixture is a little bit more general and vague. You could say, oh, you know, the, the second verse utilizes some, um, the bridge might be a better example. The bridge utilizes some modal mixture and actually somewhat leverages the Lydian mode instead of simply just utilizing major or something like that. But overall, modal mixture and borrowed chords are essentially two different ways of looking at a very similar or the same thing. And they both are involving a parallel mode or key. So we covered in last episode that C major or C Ionian, D Dorian, E Phrygian, F Lydian, G Mixolydian, A minor or A Aeolian, and B Locrian all have the exact same notes. They just have a different tonic. Now, what those are, are relative modes or relative keys. So, A minor is the relative minor, you would call it the relative minor of C major, 
or C major is the relative major of A minor. Relative, that term, means the same notes, but different tonic, right? Because C major and A minor share the same notes, but they have a different tonic. That's what makes them relative to one another. Same with C major to G mixolydian or F lydian or E phrygian. All of those share the same notes, so those would be relative modes, but they have a different tonic, which is what makes them relative, rather than parallel. Parallel modes or keys have not the same notes, but the same tonic. So relative means different tonic, but all the same notes. And parallel means different notes, but share the same tonic. So the parallel keys or modes of C major would be C Lydian, C Mixolydian, C Dorian, C minor or C Aeolian, C Phrygian, and C Locrian. So overall, again, parallel basically means the tonic is the same. But the intervals built off of it, seen from one point of view, are, are, are what's different, right? So C major versus C Lydian, those are parallel because they both have the same, the same exact tonic. The note doesn't change. What is the center of gravity of the song doesn't change between C, we could even go further and say C Phrygian and C major. Those are very different sounding, and yet they share the exact same center of gravity. So naturally in a song, it's way easier, generally, to pivot from C major to C Lydian than it is to, say, go from C major to F Lydian, usually, even though F Lydian and C major have all the same notes. This is not necessarily always the case. It kind of depends on what you're trying to do. But a lot of times we're leveraging parallel modes and parallel keys rather than relative. Relative minor is very common, specifically for things like in the bridge of your song, it would be very common to switch to the relative minor. So if your whole song is in C major, but then your bridge goes into A minor, that would be very common. Um, But when it comes to modal mixture and modes specifically, uh, probably what's more common is modal mixture, which is by nature, is uh, utilizing parallel modes. So this brings us to the other perspective on modes. Last week, we talked about how if you once you understand major, just building, uh, building off of a different scale degree or treating a different scale degree or note within the key as the tonic or the center of gravity of the song is what changes something from, say, we have all the same notes, but if C is the tonic, it's C major, but then if F is the tonic, it is now Lydian, and D is the tonic, it's now Dorian. That's the perspective we talked about in last week's episode. In this episode, we're talking about the other perspective on modes, 
which of course is going to be built around instead of relative modes, which is what we talked about last week, we're talking about parallel modes. Which another way to look at parallel modes is as a modification of a major or minor key. So C-Lydian. Let's take C-Lydian for a moment. C-Lydian is a mode of G major. In last week's episode, we covered that the Lydian mode is built off of the fourth scale degree. So if we take G major, the fourth scale degree is 1G, 2A, 3B, 4C. Okay. So we know that C Lydian would be G major, except that we are treating C as the root or C as the center of gravity instead of G. Let's revisit that for a moment. So if we also understand, okay, G major by nature is G, A, B, C, D, E, F sharp, and then back to G. That's G major, right? So, all right. And we know that C Lydian is built off of the notes of G major because G major is the relative major of C Lydian or C Lydian is the relative Lydian mode of G major. So let's revisit that, but in the context of C being the root because we know the notes are from G major. So we'd have C, D, E, F sharp, which is the first note that's different from C major, which would be an F natural. G, A, B, and then back to C. So the only note that's different from C major for C Lydian is that fourth scale degree. It's an F sharp instead of an F natural. Major. Lydian. It's this versus this. So another perspective then on the Lydian mode is not just that, yeah, C Lydian has the same notes as G major, but that actually C Lydian is C major with the fourth scale degree sharped. Because we covered, those are all the exact same notes. G major has all the same notes as C major, except it has an F sharp instead of an F natural. C Lydian is the relative Lydian mode to G major. So we know that Lydian, C Lydian specifically, has the notes of G major, which are then C, D, E, F sharp, G, A, B, back to C. So overall, Lydian is major with a sharp four. What about Mixolydian? Mixolydian, a different perspective on that, is major with a flattened seventh. So C Mixolydian, we take C major, which is C, D, E, F, G, A, B, all naturals, really easy to remember. So if we flatten the seventh to make it Mixolydian, we then would have C, D, E, F, G, A, B flat, Back to C. So do you remember what scale degree Mixolydian is built off of? 
it was the fifth, right? So in our example in the last episode, we talked about how C major shared the same notes as G mixolydian. So how would we then get to C mixolydian? What major key has C as the fifth scale degree? F, right? We have F, A, B, or sorry, (laughs) F, A, B, F, G, A, B flat, C. So F major, our fifth scale degree would be C. So then we would know, okay, well, C mixolydian then has the same notes as F major. Let's revisit that. Because if you notice, when I did F major, it's F, G, A, B flat, C. And then for C mixolydian, we covered, oh, mixolydian is major, but with a flat 7. So C, D, E, F, G, A, B flat, flat and 7th, back to C. So let's look at Dorian then. What is Dorian? Dorian is major with a flattened third as well as a flattened seventh. We already have a flattened seventh from Mixolydian, but we're essentially adding a flattened third to get to Dorian. So we would have C, D, E flat, flat third, F, G, A, and then B flat, and then back to C. What about Aeolian or minor? Well, parallel minor, so C minor, compared to major, basically just has a flat third, a flat sixth, and a flat seventh. So we would have C, D, E flat, F, G, A flat, B flat, and then C. Wait a second. Let's look at Dorian again. Dorian had a flattened three and seventh, and a minor had a flattened three, seven, and then a sixth. So seen another way, Dorian is minor with a sharp six, right? Because if if we say that minor is major, but flat three, six, and seven, And Dorian is major, but flat three and seven, just not a flattened sixth. Okay, going from minor then, which has flat three, six, and seven, to get to Dorian, which is just flat three and seven, we would then sharp that sixth to make it natural. And then you get Dorian. What about Phrygian? Phrygian is major with a flattened three, six, and seven, like minor, and a flattened two. So C Phrygian would be C, D flat, E flat, F, G, A flat, B flat, and then to C. And then Locrian adds a flat five. So flatten two, three, six, seven, and five. C Locrian would be C, D flat, E flat, F, and then G flat, A flat, B flat, and then back up to C. Again, Locrian largely worthless though. So hopefully in there you noticed a pattern. We're simply adding a sharp or a flat, right? So we, we have major and we added a sharp, a sharp 
four to, to get Lydian. We added a flat seventh to go to Mixolydian. And then we just kept adding flats to create all the other modes. So overall, this, connecting again back with last week's episode, gives us that spectrum of bright to dark modes. The way to remember which ones are bright versus dark is the brighter ones are the ones that sharpen. Sharpen generally creates brightness, whereas flattening creates darkness. So if you remember last week, we touched on how Lydian is actually one step brighter than major. And here today, we covered that Lydian is major with a sharp four. It was the only one that we added a sharp to our major. Everything else was flattening our major. So putting it together, it now should really start to be making sense that the reason that Lydian is brighter is we're adding a sharp. And the reason that Mixolydian is one shade darker than major is it is major, except that it has that flat seventh. Instead of... And then from there, we're just continuing to add an extra flat and we're going through all the rest of our modes, including the natural minor, which is the same as the Aeolian mode. So Lydian sharped one note, so it's even brighter than major. Mixolydian flattened one note, so it's a touch darker than major. Dorian flattened two notes, so it's even a touch more dark than Mixolydian and noticeably darker than major. Seen another way, Dorian sharped one note from minor, so it's a touch brighter than minor. Next was Aeolian, or minor, and we know how that sounds. We, we, we have heard enough songs and natural minor keys to generally understand how that sounds. But then if we flattened a fourth note from major to get Phrygian, Phrygian is even darker. Seen another way, it's minor with a flat two, so it's one shade darker than minor. And then finally, Locrian theoretically would be darkest of all, but it just kind of sounds lost as it's built on a diminished triad, which then feels and sounds very unstable due to not having a perfect fifth that is very stable because both major and minor is built off of a perfect fifth, whereas diminished is not. So who cares? How do we actually put this to use? Well, if you want to have a passage in your song that is overall, the song is in C major, but then you want to kind of give it the feeling of rising or brightening, you might want to momentarily utilize C Lydian or utilize a borrowed chord from C Lydian or seen another way. As we said earlier, see it as modal mixture with C. Lydian. So you may have noticed that a somewhat common altered chord or borrowed chord is to have a major two chord. A lot of songs will utilize that. So if we take C major, what would a major two chord be? In C major, well, C, D, but major instead of the naturally occurring minor. So D, D major. What do you, what, hopefully you remember the notes in D major, but they're D, F sharp, and A. Interesting, because those notes 
are not in C major, or specifically the F sharp is not in C major, but it is in C Lydian because C Lydian was major with a sharp four, which was a F sharp in the context of C major. So a major two chord is essentially borrowing from C Lydian, the parallel mode to C major. And this is a very common thing to do to sort of give some lift. You might have something like uh, in a song I've been working on recently, uh, I basically have a bridge that sort of defaults or goes back into a sort of minor feel. It has an A minor and then G major, but it's technically with a B in the bass because I try to get that A, B, C rising bass line. So it's A minor, G over B, otherwise known as first inversion of a G major chord, and then C, and then that again. And then I go to D major, a borrowed chord, and then F major, G, and then it goes back into the chorus, which opens with a major chord. So anyway, hopefully what you hear there is rise. That gives some rise and some added excitement compared to what would naturally happen, which would be a D minor chord instead, which would sound like this. So then on the other hand, you could give it a more dark feel by borrowing something from, say, the, the minor key, specifically the parallel minor, or simply a more minor mode, but we'll just pick minor here. So let's say you have C major, and then F major, G major, A minor, and then you borrow F minor, which would be borrowed probably from your C minor or C Aeolian mode because that has that flat six, which wouldn't be in Dorian. So it's either from minor or you could see it as being from Phrygian, but probably just from minor because there's no reason to assume that it went all the way to Phrygian because we don't have the flat two. And this is actually a very common one. We talked about this for, for borrowed chords back in the day, that a minor four chord is a common borrowed chord. Now, often with these chords, you might be utilizing them to get a cool chromatic sound. We talked about this in the borrowed chords episode, so if you want more on that, be sure to check that out. But you might utilize this borrowed F minor chord that you could see as being borrowed from your C minor parallel minor, parallel to your C major, obviously. So if you start with C major, and then G major, and then from there, you have G major, and then maybe let's go A minor, and then F minor, and then G major. What that gets you is some chromaticism. We went from A F minor, which has this, the note I'm actually playing, which is going to be a A flat. And then G, chromaticism is G, just generally it's half steps. 
This is the easy way to see it, right? Three in a row, which never occurs naturally in major and natural minor. There's always only one, not two in a row. So it's often utilized for something nice like that, where you get that chromaticism of... Right? Or you could borrow from C minor just by literally borrowing a C minor in your major, where you have, say, C major, G major, A minor, and then F major, and then you actually go to C minor. That would be surprising, right? Because they're expecting that major, because you already set that standard. That comes as a surprise in the same way that as that comes as a surprise, which was our major two. So overall, thinking of modes as a way to add shades, I think is a helpful way to look at it. I think I gave this analogy for, for something here recently. But you could look at it as an opportunity to sort of add like chocolate chips to your ice cream or add cookie dough to your ice cream, right? You have a flavor, right? And whatever flavor you want to consider major or minor is up to you. But let's say minor is chocolate and major is vanilla. Keep it simple. So you might want overall vanilla ice cream, but you want a little something more in there. You want to add something that makes it a little more interesting Add a little flair of something else. You want a little chocolatey flair. You don't want it to be just vanilla. That's boring. I mean, vanilla is literally used to call things boring, right? Like, oh, the the offense is vanilla. Uh, take that, vanilla fans. But anyway, um, I am seriously confused, though. Somebody should, you probably shouldn't because I need to catch up on emails, but I, I was, I was going to say, somebody should explain to me how you can prefer vanilla over chocolate, or any flavor for that matter. As I think like, I almost think of vanilla as like barely better than plain, right? Like vanilla is like plain plus to me. Uh, and like everything else is basically vastly superior, unless it was something gross. But I can't think of a like gross base ice cream flavor. Like mint, way better. Strawberry, way better. Black raspberry, a million times better. Chocolate, a million times better. Dark chocolate, a trillion times better. Um, actually, some some chocolate ice creams are kind of trash, uh, but still better than vanilla. Anyway, anyway, I just want somebody to explain to me how vanilla isn't boring as crud and like make an actual argument for it outside of, hey, I like it, man. But like legitimately, like I'm pretty sure every ice cream has vanilla extract in it. And then it may have other flavors as well, like chocolate ice cream has vanilla extract in it. I'm like 99 percent sure. So like ice cream, like I think you can actually make the argument that vanilla ice cream is plain ice cream, essentially, given that like every other ice cream is just a something added into vanilla. But anyway, that turned away longer than I wanted it to be. So you have <laughs> you have your song that's in major, which we'll call vanilla, or minor, which is chocolate. But you want to add a little something into it. To make it a little more interesting, a little element of surprise. So you have your ma your major vanilla 
and then you add a little Lydian flair, which is like adding some some chocolate chips or I guess I don't know, like yogurt covered raisins or something to double down on like the 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 white vanilla stuff being uh, major uh, or 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 brighter, I guess. So, or or on the other hand, right? You can have major. And then throw in something that's really borrowed from minor to really add those sort of chocolate chips. That is a surprising, like, oh, up, oh, that's that's something actually kind of dark that I didn't see coming. So overall, these tend to be the ways, or that this tends to be the main way to actually utilize modes. Relative modes are great. Understanding that F Lydian and C major have the same notes, practical to know. But usually, as you would use them in songs, you're actually using parallel modes instead. And from there, understanding, first of all, how to get things that are brighter or darker, and the fact that, say, Lydian is major with a sharp four, or Mixolydian is major with a flat seven, or how Phrygian is major with flat two, three, six, and seven, otherwise seen as minor with a flat two. Understanding all that is very helpful because you might want to, let's say you're in, in minor, so you're in C minor, and you have some riff that's, I don't know. But then you want to add some flavors of Phrygian. So in there, I employed modal mixture in that I kind of kept going back and forth using D natural and D flat, with D natural making it simply C minor. And whenever I was using D flat, I was essentially borrowing from C Phrygian rather than just C minor. So these would be very common ways to utilize modes and modal mixture in a way that you're not committing simply your whole song to, oh, my whole song has to be in C Phrygian. So I'm never going to utilize D natural. I'm just going to use D flat. Now, that's pretty common to do with like major or minor, right? Where like by default in your song, if you have a song in C major, literally every note of that song is going to be C, D, E, F, G, A, and B. A lot of songs with zero exception, right? That's pretty common. It is way less common to do that with modes. Usually, modes are used as a way to add flair to songs that are otherwise in major or minor. So, and and usually you're using modes that are similar to what what you're in. So, If you're in C minor, you might borrow from C Phrygian, one shade darker than minor, or or C Dorian, one shade brighter. And you might be less inclined to borrow from C Lydian, which is way brighter than minor. That's not to say you don't. It's just maybe a little less common. It would be very common in like a hard rock song to be largely in, you know, natural minor, but then to add some Phrygian elements to it. Or it would be very common 
to do the example that I gave from a song that I'm working on, which is that major two, which is essentially utilizing Lydian in your song that is otherwise in major, because that's one step brighter. So it's not so shocking. Now, of course, like anything with music, right? The, the world is your playground. You want to have something really shocking, like go from major and then all of a sudden be doing something in Phrygian? You can do that, right? As long as you make it work. Uh, it might be a little harder to get that to work, but probably not too difficult. It's less common. Doesn't mean it can't and shouldn't be done. But just know that probably, especially when you're starting out, uh, lean probably towards the modes that are closest. If you have major, all right, borrow from Mixolydian, borrow from Lydian, maybe borrow from Dorian and maybe minor. If you're in minor, probably borrow mostly from Dorian and Phrygian. Those are usually great places to start. And again, whether it's just one borrowed chord, like my first example that just utilized that, that major two chord, or whether it's you know a passage that switches back and forth. Uh, there, again, I think this is fairly common in some harder, darker rock songs to have essentially even a riff that like the first half of the riff is essentially in minor. And then the second half of the riff to be in Phrygian. That is a thing that is certainly done. Um, so how you actually utilize it, I, I don't even really want to go further on that because I don't want to give you an artificial feeling of being limited. Just understand modes, understand specifically parallel modes as we talk through them. And we went through relative modes to get to in this episode talking about parallel modes which hopefully between the two that gives you a well-rounded idea of really what modes are from many different perspectives and all what I think are the most helpful perspectives. We didn't talk about the intervals of each one, but you're probably not going to memorize those anyway. I haven't memorized those. I think I personally find the easiest way to think of modes as alterations on, on uh, major or minor, which is what we talked about in this episode. I think that's overall by far the most helpful way to truly understand and memorize modes. But overall, understanding that usually the way you want to utilize modes is very much with this parallel modes and parallel minor or major. Don't limit yourself, but overall, this is probably the way to go. So in your next song, challenge yourself to be like, okay, I am, let's say you're writing in major. So challenge yourself to be like, okay, I am going to utilize some modal mixture and I am going to leverage a little bit of Lydian. I'm going to go into, let's say your song's in G major. I'm going to go into G Lydian for a little bit. Maybe it's in the bridge. Maybe it's in the chorus. And that's going to give a little bit of lift. Or I'm going to go into, into G Mixolydian instead to give a little bit of a darker feel. Darker might not be the right word. Mixolydian does sound darker than major, but it still sounds bright because it's still a major mode. It's still built on a major triad as is tonic. Um, maybe a better way to see it is a not as oppressively bright 
it's not really that it's dark. Uh, so it is, therefore, relatively speaking, darker than major, but it doesn't it doesn't feel dark. Um, but again, experiment with this. See where your your ears take you. Utilize this modal mixture concept. Hopefully, this is helpful to you. If it was, again, be sure if you don't have a firm grasp of chords in the context of keys, like understanding that in all major keys, one, four, and five are major and all that stuff. If that is not all very familiar to you and imprinted in your brain, be sure to check out my free guide on songwritertheory.com slash music theory guide is where you can check it out, uh, where I talk about the four pillars of music theory that I think every songwriter needs to know. Modes are great. I think they're an important thing to add to the toolbox. But before you can really add them to the toolbox, it's most worth your time to really understand chords in the context of major and minor keys uh, and then understanding major keys specifically, which everything is built off of. And then minor keys are second most important. Uh, Certainly, if you had to choose between should I learn minor or Lydian or Dorian, minor is clearly the way to go. Hopefully this was helpful to you. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. If you have found this helpful, be sure to leave a kind review on whatever podcast service you utilize. It means a lot to me. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you in the next one.